0: Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. With temperature breaking records, weather is making berry crops less predictable, and as a result of this climate change, berry growers are now rethinking their strategies. Here to discuss how this is all playing out for botanicals is Randy Krienbrink, Vice President of Sales at Artemis International. Hi, Randy, and welcome back to the NutriCast.
1: Thank you, Danielle, and it's a pleasure to be here. Great to chat with you again.
0: Yes, we are on the NutriCast, gosh, it was early 2020, right when I first started. A lot has changed in the three years since we last spoke.
1: Absolutely. You have to throw in COVID and a couple other major changes globally that happened, and now we're back. So and hopefully uh, we will all be back to semi-normal, whatever that means.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's a definition just yet. but um, So speaking of normal or maybe abnormal, July, it's behind us. It was the hottest month on record globally and in the U.S. How did this affect your harvest around the world?
1: And that's interesting that you bring that up because it has been strange weather all over, not only the hottest July, but here in Southern California where I live, we, we had a tropical storm, which was the first in over 40 years and the very first time we've ever had a tropical storm warning and everything else. So the climate globally is truly, truly in flux. It's definitely changing. A lot of the berries products that we work with we're just getting into the harvest season now, especially for the dark berries. So what's happening is it's a little bit too early to tell how the effects are, but over in Europe so far, the harvest is progressing, because we're at the very beginning of things like the elderberry and the black currants. So far, okay, as long as it stays not you know too dry or too wet, we should be able to go through the completion of most of the different crops by mid-October and get a better feel of it. But right now it's, it's okay. It's not gonna be anything record-breaking or shattering as far as the yields and that. But the amount of berries in the trees and so on were affected by the heat and so on. Other products like cranberries and other things that are grown here in the US also will be determined when the harvest starts later on this fall. So, we're hoping to have a good year, but there's so many things in question and so many things that can happen to change amount of yields and products that we are able to, to actually harvest. Uh, there are some residual raw materials left from last year, luckily, that can also be reused because it was a very record year for several of the berries that could be used in production and making it into concentrates, powders, and extracts. So, that's the good news. News, but uh, we need to stay tuned to see what the weather is going to bring. It does seem to be just very unpredictable at best right now, and hoping for uh, semi-normal, whatever that means, calm weather, not too much rain, winds, storms, uh, and then don't we don't need to throw in an earthquake or some other things like that. So, uh, so far, we'll be seeing what the harvests look like at the end of the fall.
0: Yeah, like you said, who knows what to expect? I mean, you and I, before I hit record, we're talking about the craziness there in Southern California. Meanwhile, here in Chicago, where I'm at, I mean, it's over 100 degrees. And when you factor in the humidity, it's like 110. I'm not one to complain about hot weather. I love it, but it's even too much for me. So who knows what's going to happen? And then, like you said, earthquakes, mudslides, everything that you want to throw in it, anything could happen, really.
1: Yes. So stay tuned. We will know more as we get further into the harvest, especially in the northern portion of the globe. So we will see what happens. So keeping my fingers crossed that we have less storms, less rain and just a little more mild uh, weather and uh, medium temperature. So let's hope that stays on.
0: Yeah. So are there any specific botanicals that were more impacted than others or maybe some that weren't impacted at all?
1: I would say that everything is subject to change, but I would say overall, just with the global change in weather patterns, they're definitely every single plant-based product that's out there is going to be under scrutiny. We have to make sure that we're able to continue to grow products you know, at that latitude where they're being grown. Grape-growing regions are moving further and further north as everything becomes less cool in the winter and warmer in the summer. So, so many things are changing with that. So, every single product, whether it's a berry product or a botanical product or a plant-based product like uh, echinacea or a mushroom, that's all subject to change because the global change is there. And we really have to take this seriously. We really have to look at the United Nations goals that they have, the 17 goals that include... You know, not just climate change, but just equity for the individuals that they get paid, you know, a fair value for what their work is and zero hunger, get rid of poverty, improve their health. So the big issue is to get control of our climate, look at different ways of producing energy that are definitely more green and will produce more sustainability in what we're doing and look at our carbon emissions emissions. So we have to be very careful. We have to reduce the inequities between the countries. We have to look at sustainability in our cities and our growing regions. And we have to be very responsible as consumers. You know, as consumers, let's make sure that our products that we're consuming and and buying really make sense that it is a good nutritional value in the product and that we're not growing products that should have been left as a rainforest or should have been left as swampland. So we just have to really look into really vetting all of our different botanicals, ingredients that we use in the nutritional industry, because there's a lot of changes that are going to happen. So we need to look at different partnerships where we can make this happen. I know our company at Artemis, we do work with the growers and have for over 25 years to make sure they look at how they're growing you know there's not only if you know what type of farm is it is it organic or do they use conventional fertilizers or pesticides all those things are really important to make sure that we work together this is one earth we're like on a big island so we all got to work together because it's going to affect everyone all across the world living here in southern california where i do It's interesting, we're getting all these plastics and plasticizers, stuff that are in the ocean, washing up, you know, on our shores, all the way across from the ocean from Asia, and there's apparently just tons and tons of floating garbage sites, if you will, that are just kind of floating out there and causing havoc. So we really need to start looking at what we do, how it impacts the rest of the world, and how it impacts the growing cycles, and specifically for our products that are mostly plant-based, like your berries or your fibers that come from oat or other things, and uh, maybe some of the more natural botanicals like echinaceas and all those type of products, we just need to really uh, look into what's going on with the climate and what can we do in our part to reduce, reduce carbon emissions and try to get a little bit better control on our uh, climate.
0: It is so hard to get everybody on the same page. And um, I am glad that you brought up sort of the human aspect of this. What about employees? How does this unpredictable weather impact them and their working conditions?
1: Yes. Well, as you stated, and we were chatting earlier about just even having for us to drive to school where it's hot or humid, it just makes it really distracting and hard and, and different sporting events get canceled because of the heat different trips get um, canceled because of that. So if you just look at the the workers that are out in the fields across the globe, so if it's really hot or humid or there's a drought or if there's flooding, all this affects their ability to, to raise their crops and to make a living. So it really will impact them financially and then also you know what they have available to eat and what's in the marketplace. So it's it's really important that we look at this cuz Again, we, we all have to look at our food sources, uh, not only for supplements, but just in general. And it's important that uh, we deal with our climate and we take care of it and grow the right products in the right regions.
0: Yeah, and thinking about that, I mean, how is Artemis adapting to this? Are farmers maybe trying to reduce risk by planting different varieties with different, say, you know, requirements just to see what sticks and what works?
1: As far as with the current product range, we're able to stick with the same genus and species of the different products of the elderberries and, and, and other products, because actually it's important that we stick with those different products because they are important when we've done a lot of science and health studies with various products. So, for instance, The elderberry that we have, it's actually from uh, Sambucus nigra, which is a very specific type of variety that grows in a very specific part of the globe. And our studies with the polyphenols and the anthocyanins were all done on those types of uh, varieties. So it's really important that we try to stick with them. But how can we produce uh, better yields, do it more organically and organically where possible? Because at least uh, 10% of our growers do adhere to being organic. We just need to make sure that we can keep producing these products in the region. And currently, we're okay with the region of Austria, where our products are being grown. They're actually in the Styria region of Australia, which is kind of the Austrian Alps, if you were. And the, the climate and so on has been stable enough for us to keep growing the different berries that we are growing but i do know that other types of products a lot of people are having to source and supply from different regions where in the past they did not look to that part of the world and that that brings up the whole sourcing issues of quality and meeting your specifications and maybe being open to a different uh, species from which you currently might have been using in the past so it definitely is going to make the manufacturers and the formulators to be more creative and to look more in depth into the products that they are sourcing and buying because there probably will be changes so just depends on what your finished product is and what you're trying to do
0: yeah i mean it could mean a lot of different things for for the market could mean a price rise or drop are you experiencing any changes in your pricing
1: yes and as you just said, price rise or price drop. A couple years ago, there was a bad yield in the crop and the demand was super high. So prices just skyrocketed. We're probably right now in a phase where prices have come down and a lot more stable for this year. But again, that's always subject to change. And that's more in the berry part of the uh, portfolio that we have. I think there are a lot of other products too that have been affected by different uh, problems with growth or some products like psyllium that are grown in uh, Indonesia that have been affected by some typhoons and everything. So pricing, of course, has gone up because demands have uh, been increased as well. So it just depends on the typical product and every year it's a whim of Mother Nature and it changes. Uh, so right now this somewhat seems stable, but stick around because just a couple more Weather events and maybe some health events will change overnight what prices would be on some of these raw materials.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially as we enter, you know, the school season and kids coming home sick and probably more of a focus on immune type supplements.
1: Yes, and immune, and, and you're right, as kids are going back, uh, I noticed here in Southern California, they've been saying there's another wave of COVID, it just uh. really thought it was behind us yes that is right and i know the school that my children go to i weekly they send us an update and they're back this is their second week in school and they already put that the c word out there which is like oh don't say that because just hearing that word my kids get all upset but yeah with that coming back in you wellness is really important so the types of uh, ingredients that go into wellness products like elderberry Will be uh, looked at and increased demand again by parents and their children to try to keep them healthy and and back in school. But uh, back in school, as a lot of districts are now open and children across the country are back in, you go to that breeding ground for viruses and bacteria called the school or school playground. It's just a big petri dish to grow stuff. And unfortunately, a lot of children get sick. So uh, it's best to. Take care of your your families by various supplements that will help uh, keep your immune system where it needs to be and in check.
0: Yeah, I just saw a meme the other day and it said something like, "All right, here's half my paycheck. Okay, and here's a virus for you every other week to bring home." I mean, <laughs> it's just that it's that time of year.
1: It truly is. I must say, I am very lucky and blessed. But my family of five, we somehow, knock on wood, made it to this date but none of us have tested positive for COVID. So we've escaped, and I'm going to say this, and my daughter or son will probably come back home now this week with COVID, (laughs) but we made it it this far. And in general, we are very healthy and rarely get even the flu. And I I do think a lot of it is because we do have a regimen of healthy eating, exercise, and then the supplements we take that are really important for your immune health. So those things all add up and always look to a reputable supplier of the manufactured that product that's out there and being an ingredient supplier I really know who that is so I I get a little added edge when I buy my supplements for my children especially for uh, immune health and their their daily requirements so so that's the good news
0: yeah yeah definitely so we are seeing a, a real demand for applications for clean label, transparency, sustainability, as you mentioned. I imagine that's something that you're probably seeing with botanicals and dark berry extracts as well.
1: Yes, clean label has been on the table for quite a while. It's and it's it's always been around. Us. I mean, it goes back to our grandparents. They they wouldn't even know what the term clean label meant because. Everything they consumed was considered clean label, yeah. and it just with uh, kind of the, the 50s and the alter pasteurization processing of our foods, which happened, you know, kind of changed things, and just the addition of all these additives and chemicals. So today, it's really a back to the future. I think maybe more so than than ever. I think that the Gen Zers and millennials are like, you know, we need to kind of go back. We need to look at our food uh sources and we need to really really make sure that it truly is a clean label product that it's not ultra pasteurized nor are there ingredients and the ingredients if i look at them as a consumer i should be able to recognize them or as the saying is your grandmother would even recognize what the label ingredients were Mm -hmm. so that is so so important to to have that on the clean label and also, you know, where the products are coming from and uh, the variety, and just to maintain and keep all the nutrition and the nutrients that are in the products so we don't destroy the vitamins or the minerals or the phytochemicals that actually help to uh, produce products for us that keep us healthy.
0: And um, before I let you go, what's new in your world? Are there any innovations for botanicals, plant based ingredients? You know anything oh, that absolutely.
1: you're excited about? Oh, absolutely! And and plant-based is still hot, hot, hot. So we're looking at with some of our berry extracts or dark berries, and especially with plant-based proteins, adding them together. And plant-based proteins with phytochemicals and various dark berry products like elderberry, or blackberry, or cranberry. There, it, there's a very good Relationship when they're bound together and protecting the products for stability, plus a great source of protein and fiber. So, we're looking at producing products that are going to be both protein in nature and uh, with our, our berry products. And some of our berry products have a high protein content. For instance, our cranberries have high protein, high fiber. So, we're looking at expanding into looking at the protein side of our business. And one last one that I'll add that I find exciting and kind of a lot of it is my background going back to college. I did a lot of work with fermentation. And if you look back and some of the oldest forms of clean label, good for you foods were fermented. So look at, you know, and some people may hate sauerkraut, but fermented foods like cabbages and yogurts. And then for uh, those who partake, you have, of course, the fermented beverages. Who could forget beer and wine (laughs) and brandies and other things. So all good stuff. So we're looking at incorporating and doing some fermentation work with not only our dark berry products, but other products. And then looking at different custom blends and putting them all together for our customers. So a lot of exciting things out there in the future. And uh, exciting to still be in the nutritional industry after over 30 plus years. So it's still good to see the changes and the new products that are coming out.
0: 30 years. That's pretty impressive.
1: Yes. And I'm still alive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You, You made it through. You survived. Survived. What's next for Artemis? Is there any news updates, products, anything that you can tell us about?
1: Yeah, I would say the the protein berry type products that we're going to see are blends that are becoming out that would not only just have, you know, with adaptogens and neurotropics, and I could spend hours speaking of both those subjects, we want to have some of our product offerings that fit into those categories as well. So do some studies in both the adaptogenic and neurotropic industry segments that are out there today, because they're they're, they're going to have a really big growth. And we're trying to make sure that we have products that will fit into those areas as well. And we'll, through various types of blends, nutritional blends of our plant-based products, we're we're hoping to be able to attack that and and to be in those two marketplaces.
0: We'll certainly be keeping our eyes out for that 30-year veteran, Randy Kreinbrink. Thank you so much for joining me here on the NutriCast. Thank you. If you like what you just heard, you could subscribe to the NutraCast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head to nutraingredients usacom for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.